There was no way to verify their identity at the time. I mean, anything they would have sent us, would have we would have had to take it for face value. There was no way of us doing that. I woke up one day and my email inbox was completely empty. I thought my business had actually broken. The website was offline or something, but no, my VA just opened up the inbox and answered my emails before me. Welcome to Creator Debates, where we have stupid arguments to help creators make smart decisions. My name is Justin Moore. I'm the founder of Creator Wizard. I'm your host and referee. Today, we're talking about whether or not creators should hire virtual assistants, also known as VAs. I've been a creator along with my wife, April, since 2009. And believe it or not, I didn't hire my first VA until about two years ago. It was something I went back and forth on for years and years, and it's honestly been a game changer. But it hasn't been without its challenges, mainly because I take a lot of pride in this business that we've built. And the thought of someone coming in and messing with that felt super scary. Do I have to give them my passwords? Are they gonna see sensitive information? What if they steal my identity and siphon my bank accounts, leaving me no choice but to start from zero and reinvent myself as a male model? <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't be the worst thing. But anyway, in order to truly understand the pros and the cons of hiring a VA, I asked two experts here today to settle this debate once and for all. Yaro Stark is an entrepreneur, investor, and content creator who shares stories about how he's used content to build audiences and income streams. He's also the co-founder of Inbox Done, an email and calendar assistance service to help busy professionals get back to what matters most. Full disclosure, I am a customer of Inbox Done, but Yaro had absolutely no editorial control over this episode, and I will strive to be a completely impartial moderator. That is, unless Yara wants to back up a dump truck full of sponsorship dollars onto my driveway. Angelique Stidham, on the other hand, has been in the marketing and branding space for well over a decade, serving celebrity clients and top brands such as Amazon, Penhead Tennis, Monster Audio, as well as e-com and financial investors. When I tweeted asking if anyone had horror stories about hiring a virtual assistant, Angelique said, VA kept lying about hours, got caught, found a way in, and deleted the YouTube channel at 98,000 subs true story. So by the end of this episode, you'll know, is hiring a virtual assistant really worth the trouble? Whether there are specific types of creators that are better suited than others for hiring VAs, and honestly, the only thing I really care about, who is a better creator debater, Yaro or Angelique? So let's get into opening arguments. So Yaro, you're up first. Why do you believe hiring a virtual assistant is something all creators should consider? You have two minutes. Well, the simple answer is you're only one person. So if you want to be doing the creative work, you have to pass on everything else, get it off your plate and give yourself the space to really be the best creator you can. So in my mind, it's one of the only ways to truly break free, get your time back, um, enjoy your life, not just be a slave to your business. And honestly, in terms of my own experience with it, the best productivity decision I have ever made has been hiring VAs to handle everything from web design to email management, to social media, all these tasks that I used to do myself, I don't do them anymore. I have my team do it, so it's fantastic. Nice and succinct. Well, Angelique, it's your turn. Uh, why should creators be extremely cautious handing the keys to the castle over to a VA? Two minutes. Well, first of all, you there is no one else who cares more about your business and your brand than you do. And someone else that's just coming into your business who may be hired for their time, per se, or just for uh, for carrying on simple tasks, 
they may not care that the quality of their answers align with your brand. And they may not, they also may not be aware of what your industry is as much as you are, of course. So therefore their answers may differ. The effort put in versus the, the uh, reward that you're getting in terms of like getting your time back. I think there's some, there's definitely some room to be cautious. The risks involved with handing somebody access to not only your audience, but your accounts and where your traffic sources are. I think those, um, those risks can be far too great and costly for your business. Very interesting. Well, let's get into round one, which is all about the initial decision. So Yaro, I'm going to start with you. Uh, you co-founded a freaking startup to help people hire assistance specifically for email and calendar support, right? So uh, when should a creator start thinking about making this move? Is it a, like a revenue level, an audience size? Give me the pitch. Two minutes. Well, hopefully a lot sooner than you did, Justin. Now, waiting that many years is a long time to be, you know, <laughs> solopreneur. So, but I'm glad you're working with us now. You know, you're on our side for this debate, I feel. Uh, no bias and no money been transferred. But the short answer is, you know, th there's two sides to this. Yet. There's yeah. Yes, yes. Um, there's revenue. So, obviously, you need to be at a position where financially you're not going to be putting 100% of your income into just paying a BA. It doesn't make sense. You're not gonna be able to scale um, if all your money is going to one person. So you have to be at a certain level. And I would also argue you have to have a business model that's actually working, which is probably one of the biggest mistakes that people make is they hire VAs when they don't actually have a business yet. And um, that can be a mistake because you need to get focused on generating revenue with a sustainable business and then expand when something is actually working. Not before that, even though it is fun to hire VAs sometimes, Feels like you're doing things, you're moving, moving business forward, but no business model, no, no results. Interesting answer. Um, Angelique, uh, your turn. Take me back to your headspace when you first decided to hire a VA. Was there any red flags that you ignored or maybe precautions that you wish you would have taken? Two minutes. I think in the beginning, we just don't know what we don't know, right? So we don't understand the process of things either. Oftentimes, to Yaro's point, we don't even understand our own processes. So if we're not far enough along in our business to actually develop a business, then we don't understand where they fit into that process. Therefore, who you're hiring, what you're hiring them for could be for something completely different, or you're just looking for somebody to lighten the load. You're looking for someone to provide solutions and really you don't fully understand the problems yet. So I think that one of the red flags is really you, the, 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 the person hiring the BVA, right? I think aligning those expectations and helping them understand what it is that you're looking for. If you don't know what you're looking for, uh, kind of the, um, the it's going to be difficult to understand if that person pans out to be. It's kind of like a, a luck charm, right? You're just looking for that. And it's the, if you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there. And I think this applies to any time that you're growing or hiring, training, managing, or nurturing your team. Got it. Well, congratulations. That is the end of round one. Moving on to round two, let's talk about control and delegation. So Angelique, I wanna to go to you first on this one. Uh, how did you decide what you were and weren't comfortable letting your VA handle? Are there any specific areas of maybe a creator's business that you think VAs shouldn't touch at all? Two minutes. I think before we got hacked and the channel was deleted, this answer would have been completely different. But now having that experience, what I now know is there used to be other options for uh, access, but on some platforms there aren't. So I don't. I think that if it, there is a risk of somebody who you might have to pull out of your team, 
having direct access to make uh, changes or decisions about your account, I think those types of um, levels of access should be limited. However, how do you do that if you don't have some other sort of platform that kind of buffers that access, right? So if you don't have a social media scheduling platform that would allow them to schedule and interact with people from the platform and not have to have direct uh, access to the account, right? So I, I do think that there are uh, maybe levels of trust or maybe there's a, a tenure or a period of time. There might be some other factors there to consider with who gets access to what. But from where I stand, you do not give direct access to any of your accounts. That is uh, that that for me is is non-negotiable. Yaro, you're up. Let's say that I'm a creator uh, who has maybe a newsletter, right? And I am used to responding myself to every person that replies. I mean, after all, it's that personal touch that's going to convert people into raving fans or maybe even customers, right? So isn't hiring a VA going to screw up something that's already working? Two months, two minutes. Justin, you just described who I used to be. I used to coach around the topic of blogging. I got a lot of questions coming back to me. And this, the simple answer is at some point you get so successful, you have so many questions that you start writing one sentence words uh, back, one, one sentence answers, which is really not helpful. In fact, it could be a detriment actually turning people away. So you get overwhelmed, you start doing a, a shoddy job. The best thing to do is actually bring in a VA, start training them on how to you know, answer the important questions with empathy. They're never going to be you, but they can take your information, your knowledge and present that and that to me is so much better than either a one answer reply or perhaps not even ever replying because you're too busy doing other things or you have too many questions coming in, which is a nice thing to have. It means your business is growing and doing well, but at some point it's beyond what one person can handle. So you're going to have to learn how to let go. Hmm. That sounds impossible, Yaro, but I'm trying. I'm trying. Uh, Angelique, I, uh, I'm sure you want to chime in on that, but first a word from one of our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by ConvertKit and their creator network. If you're struggling to find time to grow your email list, I've got some super exciting news to share that'll level up your newsletter. ConvertKit just launched the creator network so creators like us can partner with each other to grow our newsletter subscribers. Imagine recommending awesome creators to your new subscribers and in return, having them recommend you to their engaged audience. It's a game-changing win-win scenario. What makes the creator network so special? Well, it simplifies list growth for busy creators. In less than 10 minutes, you'll be able to join, find similar creator newsletters, and begin swapping recommendations. You'll be amazed by how your email subscribers grow on autopilot. I joined not too long ago, and I've gained almost a thousand additional subscribers without doing anything. <laughs> Pretty dope, right? So you can join the Creator Network today by clicking the link below or visiting creatornetwork.com. That's creatornetwork.com. Angelique, you mentioned um, the idea of trust, right? And this is something that has I've really struggled with, right? Um, because it's like, on the one hand, I don't want to micromanage this person. That The reason I want to hire them is so that I don't have to micromanage them and I can go back to some of these other more creative tasks, maybe the ones that are in my zone of genius. Um, and, and it sounds like you were very 
kind of optimistic about all this when you first started down the road of like hiring VAs and all that stuff too. And yet you uh, kind of now have a grizzled and or jaded uh, perspective on it because of this really terrible experience, channel getting deleted, this type of thing. Um, so like, how do you, how do you think about this now? Like, is it a series that you said it was something related to tenure or like, you know, they have to pass certain milestones or like, how do you even trust someone? Like, how, how do you do that? I think the first thing is how do you, how can you hold someone accountable if they happen to try to sabotage your business or something like that? That was one thing that was really difficult for us. We could, we didn't even know who this person was because we did, had just hired them from online, right? So there's no way to track them down. The only way we knew who they were or where approximately they were located was through the like the sign-ins on Google. Mm. You know, it gave us an IP and a location. So that was we could confirm that that person was coming from there. But there was no way to verify their identity at the time. I mean, anything they would have sent us would have we would have had to taken it for face value. There was no way of us doing that. I think the other thing is we are optimistic. I always look for the win win. So if I'm bringing someone in, in on my team, you are now family to me. And I want to make sure that you feel good doing what what it is that you do. I want to make sure that you feel good with me. And that this isn't just a, a daunting task for you. It's a daunting task for me. But it, it not that it's going to make the actual task feel better or make the, uh, the job fun. It's do you enjoy, do you feel good about what it is that you're doing? And can I feel good about what it is that I'm doing? Because I function a lot in purpose, right? What it is that I'm involved in, whatever the project is or the sentiments. So that's, I think, for me, the the trust is are you on board like are you in the boat with us are you do you have a row are you putting in power to help this boat go faster and that is i think um if you if i can get that sense from you then i'm more likely to trust that you have my back and i can have your back and that this can be a team right teamwork makes the dream work Otherwise, for those who are just wanting to trade their time for money, I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. I don't think that they have to like me. I don't think that they have to like what I do. It is just the fact of if if there's nothing that's human versus using like an AI virtual for mm. a virtual assistant, right? If there's nothing, that human element is super important because not only is it going to show up in what it is they do, how they support your business, but just how you function together. So I think that's why trust it, it for me has to be established somewhere and there has to be some sort of uh, degree or framework around how you establish that or at least um, what's the word I'm looking for? And measure it. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So Yaro, um, you know, there's one kind of elephant in the room that I think we really haven't discussed yet, which was the, the topic of hiring an offshore VA versus one that's maybe within the same country that you're at. Um, and I think that one, you know, if you if you if you think about how VAs are perceived in kind of the cultural zeitgeist, it's like, oh, you can get someone for like super cheap, like five to ten bucks an hour, like 15 bucks an hour, whatever it is, like relative to, let's say, Western salaries or something like that. Um, so. I know I just from having been a customer of Inbox Sun that you have chosen just from a business decision to like work only with VAs who are, um, you know, like native English speakers, like in, in certain countries, it sounds like is that so is the trust factor? Was that the reason that you made that decision or like like tell me a little bit about how you perceive trust? Because I think this is like a really sensitive topic for a lot of uh, business owners and creators. Yeah, it is. And, and I agree with everything Angelique is saying. So no debate here regarding that feeling of 
a team member. You know, they're being a part of you, a part does, of your company. Does that mean I won? <laughs> you guys need to get back in your corners immediately. Okay, I don't know. I don't know how. <laughs> it means we're on the same team. I think now. Um, but to, to answer yeah. your question, the two parts to this. There's um, there's the. I, 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 I want to be careful here because I don't want to completely write off entire countries and cultures just because we made a choice to go with North America as a starting point. So. Um, I have had team members from the Philippines. I've had team members from India. I, I'm working with Ukrainians right now on some software. Um, and yes, there's some definitely some price differences uh, going to those countries, which is one of the biggest appeals for a lot of people in, in richer countries with stronger dollars, right? Um, that being said, when we started Inbox Done, it wasn't just about where we hired. It was also the level of native English skill, attention to detail, and empathy and the availability of that, because it is actually really hard to find good people. And again, maybe this is where, um, to go back into debate mode, Angelique went wrong, was with her hiring process and her testing process and her reference checking and interviews and you know who she brought into the team, who making sure that person is a good person. And again, it's some of that you never can be 100% sure, but you can do a, a lot before that, which is actually why our company exists. We're going through you know a 10-step hiring process. I'm not going to you know, go through that right now, I'll be pitching my own company, but it is why our company exists. We're doing, if you a want lot to sponsor of- us, you could, you could go yeah. into it, but yeah, go on, go on. I would, I would actually love to hear it because I do think th- he's right. I, I think my process in hiring this person was the flaw, was part of the flaw, not having those proper expectations. So I don't know if you're allowed to share, I would love to hear what that process looks like. Well, now I'd say I'd also love to see Justin sponsored. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Angelique. Um, So actually, Yara, I think it's actually illustrative. Give give us the one minute pitch of like how you guys do hiring. Sure, sure. I mean, to be fair, it's my co-founder who does built the system. But um, basically, because we're dealing with with email, it is such a personal, like we're entering your inbox. It's, It's almost like dating you on some level. It's very personal. We're seeing a lot of what's going in and out of your business and your life. So we needed to find people who had the emotional empathy, the attention to detail, um, just good communication skills to work with you, to also be able to write emails, simple things like that. So we test with the things you'd expect. We have a couple of interviews. We do reference checks. We do background checks. But we also do some very specific training and testing around how do you react to a like a, an email situation that's not black and white. So we actually give them a bunch of emails and we ask, how would you reply to this? Or how would you handle this? How would you interact with the client in this situation to resolve this issue? And it's not simple. It's not a, you know, a, a very easy uh, situation to solve. So some of it's critical thinking, some of it's written communication skills, problem solving, all these things we're testing. And that usually happens at the start of our testing. Like they get through that, then we start doing the background checks and the interviews and so on. And then when they make it all the way at the end of our hiring pipeline, which, um, you know, one in a hundred people probably make it that far, then they go through a 10 hour course that my co-founder created, which is really about the nuts and bolts of, um, replying to emails, communicating with the client, just being professional, what, what we expect, how do you integrate with the team, which is something that Angelique pointed out, how important it is to feel that you're part of something bigger than just I'm doing tasks for this owner of a business. No, I'm actually participating in the growth of a business of solving people's problems. You know, you're, you're passionate and hopefully excited to do that because we want long-term relationships. So it's really a hiring challenge more than anything else working with VAs. And I think that's where people tend to go wrong. 
Yeah, you know, I would be really curious if I did end up going down the male modeling route, how my VA would respond to some of those inbound offers, because, I mean, that's a really sensitive topic. So anyways, congratulations, y'all. That is the end of round two. Okay, and now we are going to get into round three, which is the Uno reverse, where you have to argue each other's positions. So Yarrow, imagine that you are a solopreneur thread boy, where you tweet all day long about how you make gobs of money every month without a single employee or a freelancer. Give me your best argument for why hiring a VA is a waste of time. Two minutes. Justin, you described the first seven years of my life online. That being said, it wasn't Twitter. It was <laughs> writing newsletters and blogs, but um, I was a staunch, independent, solo entrepreneur for a long time, writing my own content. Um, I one man show and happily for a while being that. Now, what for me, I can, I feel this is awkward talking against myself, but I had an experience outsourcing <laughs> overseas where, and I'm not exaggerating, I went through 12 people. One of the people I hired, uh, a tree fell, fell on their grandmother's house, so they couldn't do the work. Um, another one was like the best hire for a friend of mine. They left that person's company, joined my company. I said, here's what I need you to do. And they said, I'll do it. And then I kept asking them week after week, here's what I need you to do. And they never did anything and then disappeared. So I thought I was jinxed. Um, whatever the case may be, it was not a great start with VAs. And, uh, you know, it's it's taken a long time to recover and now be on the pro side of uh, working with VAs. And you're right. It's like it, it can be sometimes challenging um, to know whether it's a process issue or whether it's a person issue. Right. Because it's um, and the fact that like you pushed through that and, and did find the value in it is actually quite fascinating after 12 bad experiences, which is pretty interesting. Um, Angelique. Uh, OK, now I want you to pretend that you are the co-founder of a company that helps creators hire VAs, okay? Give me your best sales pitch for why I should whip out my credit card right now and sign up, two minutes. You can't duplicate yourself. And time is, your time is the most valuable asset that you have. Because you can't duplicate yourself, you have to be able to, to find leverage. And finding those tasks that you, that somebody else could do, even if they're trained to do them, is, even more important so that you can scale and you can grow, but that you can serve in your best uh, lane. I, I, th I think that's the best way to say it. If you are um, the master, uh, jack of all trades, master of none, I think it's easy to get sidetracked. It's easy to get overwhelmed and it's easy to burn out. You can't serve people from a place like that. And so creating systems is super important, not just to be able to scale your business, but also so that you can make sure that what you are saying to your customers is true and that you can serve them from from a place of fullness. And I think a, the right team can provide that that type of environment. It is now time to make your final appeal, OK, because on the other end of your camera, on the other end of your microphone is a creator who is relying on you to make this tough decision. Convince them why hiring a VA will either be awesome or terrible for their business. Yarrow, you're up first. You have one minute. Simple answer. Make sure you're committed to a hiring process that will find the right person for the right role and be very specific with the role that you want to insert them into. And then you will have a life transforming experience where you will wake up one day and all these tasks are no longer your responsibility. In fact, you'll probably wake up and they've already been done by someone else. I went through this. I woke up one day and my email inbox was completely empty 
I thought my business had actually broken. The website was offline or something, but no, my VA had just opened up the inbox and answered my emails before me. And that unlocked un un unbelievable amounts of time and energy to focus on other things, including starting a blog, which is actually what led to everything I do today. So I think it's a no brainer for creative types because we should be doing the creative things that we're born to do. Angelique, you're up one minute. I think making sure that you're in the right place to hire someone is important. And if you are, if you feel like you are overwhelmed and you need somebody to come in and save you, and as a result, you feel like you should be able to be hands off, that is not the right time and you are not ready. You have to understand how your business functions. And you also need to understand how um, to manage the process of things. And so if you are not in that place, that is where disaster can, can fester. And so if I, I don't say don't hire a VA, I won't say that you don't need to hire a VA because I don't actually agree with that. I, I will say that there is a reason to be extremely cautious and never hand someone else the, the keys to your business. This is not a four hour work week. This is your, your livelihood. So uh, be cautious. That's what I'll say. Well, thank you so much, Yaro and Angelique. And now you, dear creator, watching and or listening, who won this creator debate? You can vote by clicking the link in the episode description or letting us know on social media by tagging at creator debates. You can tag Yaro and tag Angelique. And so now Angelique, hit us with your call to action. Where can people learn more and follow you on social media? Well, right now, my husband and I, we just started live streaming on his channel. We teach five different financial strategies so that people can systemize work uh, smarter and not harder, and then they can retire early. That's the whole point of why we're working in the first place is for financial security. So we just decided to jump the gun and teach that up front. So that's um, self-directed self -directed strategies on YouTube, and we go live Sundays and Wednesdays, 6 p.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time. Awesome. Well, why I love following you, Angelique, and I think we met uh, for the very first time on Clubhouse back in the day, actually. Yep. Um, <laughs> and uh, and you have always so generously shared your knowledge and expertise with the creator community. So thank you for that. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Justin. I really appreciate it. Of course. And Yaro, hit us with your call to action. Well, if you want to be like Justin and have your email handled by us, the company is inboxdone.com. And we're happy to do a discovery call and learn about what you're struggling with regarding your email, your calendar scheduling, any admin tasks. And we can uh, see if our uh, inbox managers is what we call them, but they're basically VAs, executive assistants, and we can uh, hopefully help you as well. That's inboxdone.com. Why I love following you, Yaro. I mean, you're a creator at heart, man. I mean, even though you're technically a startup guy now, uh, you understand in your DNA what it's like serving an audience and the unique challenges that come with it, right? And I truly wish the best for you in Inbox Done, and I can't wait to see the impact that you're uh, that you're going to have. Thank you. And now it's time for Creator Debates After Dark, where Yaro and Angelique are going to stick around for a little bit longer and share their stories and spicy hot takes on the creator economy. These After Dark episodes are available exclusively to students of my Brand Deal Wizard program and community. So if you'd like to support what we do here and level up your sponsorship strategy, check out the link below. And finally, if you enjoyed this podcast, there is one simple thing that you can do that is totally free and truly helps us out. Will you tell a friend about Creator Debates, whether it's sending them a text message with a link to this episode or posting about it somewhere on the internet. The only way that we can reach more creators is with your help spreading the word. So thank you. All right. That's a wrap until next time. Bye.